Audrey and I, we want to welcome you to this week's episode of Live Transformed and our guest, again, Dr. Jim Richards. Audrey, every single week, I just go away with a wow. Yes. I, I really do. And last week, uh, we began uh, speaking about self-worth mm-hmm. and, the you know, recognizing where the foundation is for the truth of our dignity, of our value, and our worth. And if people missed last week's, I can't encourage them enough. Go back and listen to and it. And I'm really looking yeah. forward to today because we're going to go deeper into that yes, subject. Because, you know, what we really have been finding out is that the day we choose to trust God and be in agreement with His view and opinion of us is really the greatest step towards knowing our own self-worth. And we also have been talking about like layers of an onion. When we find peace in our, the finding peace in our story is really an ongoing journey of just surrendering to that Lordship of Jesus. And last week, I got impacted just understanding the the correlation between knowing the Lordship of Jesus is surrendering to his opinion about everything, including, and most importantly, his view and opinion of me. Of me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, good. it's good. Well, let's I, welcome to today's episode, Dr. Jim Richards. Jim, good to have you back. Hey, welcome to this conversation. I'm, I'm ready to jump in this both feet. Okay, good. Actually, let's just do that. Why don't we just okay. go right forward? We, 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 we're ready to go. So why don't you just, let's just go. You know where to start because this is, this is important to you. I know that. Well, you know, based on where we left off last week, we were, you know, we, we've started from that foundation, like you, like you guys mentioned, that if Jesus is my Lord, then, then and, and only then am I really ready to, to really make this journey of identity, self-image, and self-worth. And, and, uh, and how that b- believing what he did through his death, burial, and resurrection, we, we start identifying with him. But, but I just want to kind of give some concepts about identity, self-worth, uh, self-image, self-worth, and even self-confidence first, and then we'll, we'll kind of start breaking it down. You know, identity, every person was created to actually get their identity and even their, even their self-worth from an outside source. Now that that doesn't make sense um, if you twist that just the wrong way. But see, God created us, and stop and think. The first thing when Adam had consciousness, the first man, the only consciousness he instantly had was the consciousness of him and his connection to God, his Creator, his Father. Yeah. And so, so everybody is always looking for someone or some group to identify with. But the key thing is this. We are looking for someone or some group to identify with that will accept us. And that, and that's absolutely key. And so, you know, a lot of parents, they don't understand why, even though they're good to their kids, their kids look to everybody else for input. They turn to everybody else to, you know, to feel good about themselves. It's because whether the parents mean to or not, they're conveying something that to that child feels like rejection. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to put a disclaimer in here for the for the parents, though. Most children, when they say they want acceptance, they really are not asking for acceptance. They're asking for approval. And, okay, and we, that's important. It's absolutely important. You know, uh, you know, I've dealt my whole ministry life dealing with substance abusers, and you know, I, I saw a, a post on Facebook, you know, from a, from a substance abuser 
the, uh, the other day, and this substance abuser was talking about how that, uh, you know, how at some point in their life, everybody around them had thrown them away. And, mm. and you know, that would be, that you would hear that if you talk to almost any substance abuser, any serious substance abuser. Well, the real truth is that's a perception because what, what that really means is all the people that didn't approve of what I was doing, uh, yeah. you know, I'm considering them to have rejected me. But the real truth is they didn't reject that person. They just, in fact, didn't approve of what they were doing and may not have even yeah. said anything about their disapproval. So so mm-hmm. parents need to know that just because your kids are saying you reject them, it doesn't mean you are, but it means they're perceiving it as mm-hmm. you are. Now, stop and think about this in light of how the church has tried to reach the world. You know, to the to the church, and I'm not trying to beat up on churches. I'm just saying this is just the, the way it is in, in so many churches. Reaching the world is we're going to go out here and tell you what a sinner you are. You know, the concept is we've got to get you lost before you get saved. We've got to tell you how bad you are so that you will see that you need God. Well, that, that's not the gospel. And that's not what we're supposed to be preaching. And it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And, but but it, it, it sends the message that we reject you. Mm-hmm. And, and if you'll jump through our hoops and do what we ask you to do, then we'll accept you. And mm-hmm. then God will accept you. Yes. But if we're looking for identity to, dis- to discover who we are, particularly given the fact that we have, you know, we're born with the sin nature and we, we struggle with fear and, you know, all that we've gone through in our lives, we're going to to deliberately look for people who accept us, whatever your definition of acceptance may be. Mm. So, <clears throat> so is this something our heart is doing almost subconsciously? Like, Absolutely. Are we, okay, so no matter who we are or where we are, we are always looking for somebody to accept us and approve of us. Yeah, and, and once you see everybody, whether they know it or not, they find somebody to identify with. And Sometimes that's very conscious. You know, you know, some people have a great family life growing up. And so, you know, they identify with, with you know, I'm so-and-so's daughter or I'm so-and-so's son. Mm-hmm. And they get their identity from their family because they feel loved and safe and accepted in their family. But mm-hmm. if they don't get that there, then they start looking for other sources. And this is why people join gangs. This is why people uh, uh, get in cults. You know, um, Tex Watson, which most people don't know probably who Tex Watson is, people in Canada, but Tex Watson was the right-hand man of Manson, Char- Charlie Manson, and Tex Watson was the one that committed most of the murders for Charles Manson. Well, as it turns out, years ago, you know, Tex Watson is still in prison uh, and still probably never going to have parole, but years ago, he read my book, The Gospel of Peace. And so, and so it transformed his, his life, and he actually has a prison ministry. And uh, he's, wow. he's, he's on death row ministering to people. Wow. And, um, and he was already ministering to people, but just reading the gospel of peace changed everything about how he understood God and the gospel. But when, you, when he talks about uh, a joining up with Charlie Manson, all it really was was, was acceptance. Manson accepted mm-hmm. him. And, and, and for whatever reason, he needed that acceptance. He wasn't getting it, obviously, anywhere else or didn't perceive that it was getting anywhere else. And so once you find whoever you're going to identify with, they become your source. And this is going to be 
who you're going to start looking to and who and how you're going to go through this process of identity, self-image and self-worth. And then ultimately self-confidence comes later. So once you find who you're going to identify with, then you go into basically what the Bible presents as effortless transformation. You know, the Bible tells us that when we perceive God as he really is, that then we start effortlessly being transformed into the likeness of Jesus just because, just, just because of how we perceive him. So that works in every arena of, of life. So if there's, a, if there's a group or a person that I choose to identify with because they're, they're giving me acceptance, then I am going to begin to take on the image of that person or the image of what will sustain that acceptance. So this and that'll happen again, just naturally without even thinking yeah, about it. You yeah. just start naturally. Well, so, sometimes taking on you know, sometimes people think about it some, but it's going to happen, at, you know, regardless. Your but, motivation is natural, though. You don't yeah. have to try. You automatically want yeah. to start to um, appear the same, right? Yeah, and you know that's why you, get, if your kid starts hanging out with people that dress in goth, suddenly you're going to look around one day and they're going to be wearing all black and have black fingernails, you know. Uh, yeah. And and all they're really doing is trying to fit in with the group or, or or fit in with the person that they have made their source. Now they don't know they've made them their source, but that's but that's what they're doing. You know, again, that, that's why people will go to a church that has some doctrine that dressing fifty years out of date is supposed to be holy, mm-hmm. and so they'll dress fifty years out of date because they want to. They're not trying to fit in with the whole world. They're just trying to fit in with the part of the world that they've made their source and they believe will continue to give them acceptance. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, this and this is why if a person associates with a gang or criminals or people that are violent, they'll start becoming violent because I'm going to become like the people that I that I identify with. Now, can this be a positive thing? Like I'm just thinking of certain streams of churches where – I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, but it almost becomes a uniform, like everyone in these yeah. churches dresses the same and they start to look the same. Is it a good thing when it's a church thing? Uh, it's not so, you know, th- there is no stereotype that makes it good or bad. This is just the way we were created. But the, but okay. the reality of it is this should all be coming from God as our source. And, mm-hmm. and we should recognize the, the difference between where we're gaining our self-worth and you know, our source of our self-worth and where we're just trying to meet social needs. Yes. You know, I, I'll give you a good example. Uh, you know, people that have known me for a long time, you know, if I go in, uh, in into an arena to, to minister and, and it's, and it's arena, an arena that requires it, I'm going to change the way I dress. Because because socially, I want to go in there. I want to be effective. And so I don't mind dressing similar to the way they dress. Now, sometimes I feel that I need to challenge that group. And I'll deliberately not do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people who recognize the difference between a social factor and, a, and, and an identity factor, uh, they make adjustments just because it's smart socially. Yeah. You, you know, I had a girl one time. I'll never forget because, you know, our church always reached you know, weird people and drug addicts and messed, you know, messed up people. We had, we had people that thought they were normal, but if they were in my church, they were probably about nuts. Just didn't, they just didn't know it. 
And but I remember I remember there was this girl and and bless her heart, one night we were we were having an event and and we we're going from one room to another and and she kind of got to where she stood where when they opened the door it put her behind the door. That's kind of how low her self worth was. She just didn't want to be seen. And so, so you know, I looked down, and she didn't have, have any shoes on. She had like a, you know, one sock that was purple or something, and had another sock that was striped all these different colors. And you know, and then you'd look at her hair, and her, you know, and her hair had some crazy cut and some crazy dye. And see, you know, unfortunately, churches and most groups make moral or ethical judgments about people because of that. Nothing moral or ethical about it. It's just, it, but it has a social effect. So later on, I think, I don't remember if it was that week or whenever, the girl came and talked to me and she said, you know, Jim, I just, I, I, you know, I just don't feel like, uh, I just don't really feel like I, I fit in. I feel like an outsider. That's the way you are. And of course, you know, she wouldn't expect me to say that. She's what, uh, you know, she's like, what, what, what? You mean I really am? And I'm like, of course you're an outsider. You know, you choose to be. The way mm-hmm. you socially try to relate to people means that they don't know they don't they don't know how to accept that they don't know what to deal with that and then you react to it by saying see they're rejecting me no you have put yourself outside of the circle so but the truth is you know that there was somewhere that somebody or some group was giving her approval and acceptance for being different mm-hmm. so so you know this dynamic just it just works all through every every factor of social but but like but I got off on that to say that that is no indication of where she was with God that was just a social thing mm-hmm. so what makes something right or wrong is usually not the event or the action itself or as the much outside as, appearances yeah it's usually the reason that we're doing it and so mm-hmm. we're making other people our source then then that's a problem now mm-hmm. so what we do now so we, we got our identity where i found some group some person to identify with and by the way some people have imaginary people to identify with they'll watch a a cowboy show and 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 our, our clint eastwood you know he's this tough bad guy you know and and they'll identify with with that personality even though that's not a real person they're, they're associating with does that make sense yes yeah. and so so anyhow, we, we, we find us a source, somebody to identify with, and preferably some way we're going to get the feeling of acceptance. And once we find that source, then we start becoming, we start transforming more and more to look like and to be like and to talk like that, that source. And so then we're going to be constantly watching that source and watching their feedback to see if, if they have value for us. And that's where we're going to get our worth. We're going to determine our worth from from that source. So it's almost like it feels like we're almost putting puzzle pieces together for people here because we're following almost an understanding of this is where your source, so this is where you're going to get your... Okay, gotcha. And I'm wondering if if people could even kind of find a place of a real confusion being that, you know, I'm looking for my acceptance in my workplace, you know, in the world, you know, with this group of people. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking for my acceptance and, uh, you know, my identity in this world, you know, being the church, they might, you know, 
be pinning these two worlds up against one another and might really be really confused because will the church world accept my work world or will my work world accept my church world? And, and it's like, can I truly be me in both places? In both places. Well, the truth is they don't know who me is. Yeah. And people who shift like that are people who either, like I say, they're either very strategic socially, which is usually rarely the case, or they just have no idea who they are, so they become the chameleon that in whatever environment they're in, they're going to do and be what they need to be in that environment to have some some sense of accept, acceptance. But here, here's one of the key factors. Even though they won't consciously do that, whoever or whatever they make to be their source, in other words, wherever they get the greatest sense of feedback that says, we value you being like us. We, you know, uh, they get the most affirmation or whatever, however you want to call it. That's going to be the place that's ultimately going to win out. And that's going to be where it's like, well, if people don't like church, don't like the way I dress, then, you know, they can all go to hell because I'm going to dress the way I want to dress. And they're just judging me and they're just being mean to me and they're rejecting mm-hmm. me. Or it's like the drug addict that says, you know, if, if, if my family doesn't accept me as a drug addict, then they're just chew- they're throwing me away. Now, you know, of course, what they're not saying to themselves is, oh, now I stole from all of them. I lie about all of them. You know, I use everybody around me. You know, none yeah. of that factors in. Right. But, but at the end of the day, what, wherever, whatever becomes your source controls your life and is, in fact, your Lord. Wow. Because you you have now found the approval, which then you believe then is my acceptance. Yeah, and and uh, you know it's a it's a it's a chain it's a it's a, a circular chain, it's a continuum of okay I've ch- uh, you know I've chosen you I- I'm identifying with you, all right now I'm becoming like you now I'm getting uh, uh, you're you're saying things that make me think you value me or I'm reading this into it which reinforces the idea that this is my identity. This is really who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And so and so people get they get trapped in this never ending continuum of identity, self image, and self worth. And that's why when we come to Jesus, we have absolutely the starting place has to be knowing what he did through his death, burial, and resurrection and believing it. And you never know all of it at the beginning, and you you really never get through learning about it. But there's got to be some comprehension of that, and there's got to be some realization of the fact that, okay, when he died, I died. You know, when he was raised from the dead, I was raised from the dead. When Hmm. when he sat down at the right hand of God, I sat down at the right hand of God. When he got inheritance, I got inheritance. As we've talked about so many times, if if— if, if they were taught what they're supposed to be taught at, at water baptism and at communion, they would get all that and it would be reinforced to them every time, right. every time they took communion, you know, but they're, mm-hmm. they're not taught any of that. So mm-hmm. let, let's back up now. Let's look at this from the, the healthy, uh, unless you got uh, questions or. No, 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 no. Let's keep going. It's all good. Let's, let's kind of look at the healthy side of this. So the healthy side of this is I come to Jesus and even though I don't have it all sorted out, I, I make Jesus Lord. I, I realize that I realize that I can't trust myself. And you know, for me, when I came to Jesus, like I can't trust myself, I can't trust my family, I can't trust anybody I've ever known to tell me the truth about God. 
And that, that was kind of the way I came in this thing. That's why I came in so committed to the Word of God and so committed to reading the Bible was because it's like I, I've heard so much stupid stuff about God that can't possibly be true that I'm not going to accept anybody else's opinion of, of, of God. I'm going to read it in the Bible for myself. I, I eventually came to realize that uh, that only Jesus' opinion and interpretation of God was was what I could trust. And, and, and so... so you know, it, it was a journey to get in this thing of accepting his view and opinion. And even though I couldn't define it when I began, that's the place that I began because I, I knew I didn't know anything about life. So we come to Jesus. We believe the truth in our heart about death, burial, and resurrection and about our identification with it. So, so we, if we make Jesus our absolute source, then you know, your source is the one you always look to to see if you're on track. Your source is the one you always go back to when you get unsettled or when you need uh, reaffirming or when you need shoring up. And yes. so if Jesus is not your source, he's not the one you're going to every time you have a question or every time you got a challenge. Okay. And you know, Jim, this never changes. I, I, I just yesterday I was I was feeling that that feeling like you said the word unsettled and I was feeling very unsettled after a really big uh, four days of ministry and helping other people and and I can get when I get tired I can get overwhelmed and I think every person goes through feelings of of what is my future you know what is working what's not working am I enough. Am I doing enough? And this whole unsettled feeling, and I don't know, you know, I know I go to Jesus, but it's different every time. And I went for a walk with my dog and I went to the desert, which is, where I, I prefer to be where absolutely no one can see me and I, no one knows where I am. But in there, I actually stopped walking because walking can almost distract me. And I just sat down on the ground and I just over and over again, started repeating the line from Psalm 37 be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently before him. And I just started to say that over and over again, just be still. And I started to imagine myself almost closing all the files on my computer. I closed that, you know, that file that's open in about my calendar, not knowing what's the, coming up next year. I closed the file of this and these expectations and what should I do here and what should I hear. And I just that just helped me visualize closing the things in my mind that were overwhelming me. And I, and it was a form of meditation because I could see myself closing them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and for it, the, the biggest thing that was needing my attention was my calendar and my time, because I always, I, like, I was feeling like I didn't have enough time to get everything done that I had to get oh. done. And so that was, that was driving my car. I always like to say, who's driving my car? Is it spirit me or is it, is it my mind or my will or my emotions? I actually felt the calendar of my life driving my car. Yep. And, and so I said, Lord, this isn't working for me. I'm feeling very unsettled. I want Holy Spirit me to be driving the car, the one that's completely in tune with you. And so I, I saw calendar and time go to the back seat, but then I put it inside what I call the spirit sorter. And I know there's no scripture for this, right. but I just had to put it somewhere where I knew it would be taken care of, not just discarded. Because these things are real. Like we are living in a real life where yep. there are decisions for the future. There are decisions we have to make that are going to be valuable for the people we are loving. And and so, but I, so I couldn't just throw it away. I had to put it somewhere where it was safe. And I put it in a place that was just the spirit sorter because it, I could give it to God and he would sort it out for me. 
and I felt safe putting yeah. all those things into this grouping, so to speak. And I don't know if I'm sounding like a whack job or not right no. now, but I put this into a spirit sorter and said, Lord, I can trust you with this. I'm going to go ahead and put this in a spirit sorter and you just go ahead and file this the way it needs to and then give yeah. me what I need for the day. And, and 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 as I was still before the presence of the Lord, my, my dog got a little impatient because he's wondering why I was sitting on the ground. So I started walking it again. But it was in that note, I, I, I rediscovered again what it meant to have peace yep. with God mm-hmm. and peace with myself. And it wasn't that I was in a place of sinning or making stupid choices. Right, right. This was just day-to-day life mm-hmm. of needing God as my source. I can't go a day without connecting to that place where, God, I've got to be still before you and know that you are God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and so this isn't a one-time thing at all. This is Continue. every day. This is every day. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's where you're making that reality shift. I've got this reality that I've gotten myself into from my perception. So I'm just trying to shift back into whatever God's reality is mm-hmm. about this. Because we can get introspective and get super mixed up. Just have one sleepless night and you can be screwed up for a oh, while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got, a, I got a call from a pastor that I, that I do a lot of work with and... Uh, uh, actually, well, actually, what happened? I didn't get a call. What happens to me so many times, and, and, and it is you know, I, I'm just I get this sense about him, start praying for him, and you know, pop him a text and says, "Okay, why why are you showing up in my prayers?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, but when we, you know, I encourage him, but when he sorted it all out, it was just it was really just from physical fatigue. Uh, in other words, he wasn't in sin. He wasn't thinking about quitting no. the ministry. He just he just works hard and had mm-hmm. to help his father move. And just you know, a lot of things happened all in one week and and just physical fatigue. But but here's the key thing, you know, this see the the drug addict you don't doesn't use drugs because because they want drugs. They use drugs because that has become their source. They have a big old mm-hmm. they have a big old empty hole in them that's shaped like Jesus, and they're just trying to put something in there as a as a substitute. They may not even realize it, but the reason drug addicts keep using drugs is because they don't have another source that they can yeah. go to and know that they're gonna that they're gonna have peace. That's the reason the alcoholic drinks, the sex addict, you know, fornicates. That, that's the reason all of us do these things. And, you know, it's all right to have things that contribute to our peace, but only God himself can be the source of our peace. Yeah. And so we got to know the difference between, you know, what are the contributors and, and what is the real source? Yeah. And where am I really, truly being satisfied? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, the, the, the portion of scripture that I always refer to with regards to being satisfied and allowing Jesus to be my source is John chapter four, when Jesus speaks to the Samaritan woman. And he basically says, if you knew who was speaking to you, you would ask me for something to drink. And I would give you living water where you would never thirst again. Mm -hmm. Now that's a satisfied one. Mm -hmm. Yet completely satisfied. Mm -hmm. And and he in the most loving way, you know, just reveals to her, hey, you know, where's your husband? Well, I don't have one. And he says, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. You've been married five times, and the man that you're now with is not your own. Mm-hmm. In other words, he just begins to say, 
you've tried to drink from these different wells mm-hmm. and none of them have satisfied. Yep. And he says, but I can and I will satisfy you. And so when Jesus becomes our source, boy, do we really find then that true place of rest and peace. Because it says, out of your innermost being shall flow this perpetual spring of living water. And you know what else I find is that that's so true, Bob. And the other thing is I find is that it's not the same every time how he leads us to the water. It's almost like he wants to lead you to water and he will use people. Like the other day, I just woke up and I was ready to do what I always do because we get into these, I like, they are kind of like ruts because it's well, I ex- yeah, routines are fine, but I experience God this way. So I'll do it again. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the same way I've been experiencing him last time. And, and, and again, this week that happened to me where Monday morning, I had two hours of, of time that I have rarely got in my life. And I thought, wow, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I need two hours in the presence of God. Like I know that I know when I need that. And so I sat down, 7 a.m., you, you were sleeping, everyone, the house was quiet, Robert had left for school, and I thought, I'm just going to sit down with my Bible for two hours. And you know what? Everything in my heart said, get in the car and drive to your mom and dad's place. Mm-hmm. And I did. I just, I took the dog, and instead of doing what I always do, I just drove to my dad, and my dad made me coffee, and my mom and dad were there for me. I'm going to get emotional, and I cried. Yeah. I just needed to cry. Yeah, and, and my heart knew that I needed uh, my mom and dad to let me cry, you know, for no reason. They just let me cry and didn't ask questions, you know, and I was just, and I think I was just tired. I really do. Well, you know, but making, my heart knew what I needed. Making God our source. And see, see, this is where walking with God gets so exciting because most of us don't make God our source. We make some process our source. Yes, some, some that's formula, what I'm trying to say. Source. Yes. And, you know, you know, stop and think. You know, if, if, we, if, if we know, you know, if, we, if, if we've got some image of God, mm-hmm. you know, like, like if you got a strong sense of God as your father, which I think, you know, you do, and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, based on the fact that I know your dad, then that's a really, really positive thing for you mm-hmm. you know for a lot mm-hmm. of people you talk about god's their father and they freak out but but the thing is is uh, there's not a recipe for how a relationship works every time exactly the, 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 it's all it's a relationship so it's all about listening paying attention and 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 but you will always find your way to your source if you listen to your heart you, oh my gosh yes you know, Brett, you know, that's why I had to bring that up because I was like, that didn't make my mom and dad my source. It meant no. my that God, but God, the peace in my heart led me. Like I've never yep. had that feeling of why have I got such a desire to get in my car yep. and drive to their house? Yep. Like why is this happening? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you, you that know, was you, not you, my normal routine, and that was my normal yeah. way was not my normal way of experiencing God. I usually do it alone. Exactly. You know, you know another interesting factor that that I, I, is that makes life so easy is and, and and you know if we'll really follow jesus the way the scripture presents it man it is nothing but easy and light and i can tell you this yeah if if, if your walk with god is hard if his walk with god is difficult i'm not saying you're not sincere i'm not saying you're not a good person i'm not saying you're not hungry for god but i can tell you this you're 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 attempting to walk this out in some religious way or some way that you got yeah. in your mind because, a structure or something. You know, there, there's a, a concept in, in Scripture 
And, and, and it's the concept I call of effortless transformation. Yeah. And the law of effortless transformation says you become like the God you believe in. Whoa. Say that again. You become like the God you believe in. And, and you know, you, you go over, I think it's Matthew wow. chapter five, where he talks about, uh, where he talks about, uh, you know, uh, bless those who curse you, you know, love those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you. And he goes on down and, and talks about the fact that then you'll be children or sons, you know, of, of your father. And he's not saying that earns that to you, but he's saying you're now sons who express themselves and manifest what the father's really like. And so in this law of transformation, you know, if we, the more we accept Jesus' interpretation of who God was by looking at what he taught and, you know, what he taught, you know, the crux of everything that he taught was love God, you know, have incredible value for God, have incredible value for people, have incredible value for yourself. And so this is why we say, if, if I'm applying truth or the word of God in truth, the way it was from the original intention that God really meant, it will always take me there. I'll always become more tolerant, not necessarily more passive. You know, a lot of people think if you're tolerant, you're, that you're that you're passive. You know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of people, a lot of friends that have lifestyles that I absolutely do not approve of. Yes. But I have no problem accepting them. I have no problem being friends with them. And, you know, right. I, I will tell them many times is like, look, me and you will do fine, but just don't ever try to convince me that what you're doing Right. Is biblical or that's all right with God, because I'm not going to let you go down that path of of deceit. So as long as you never try to convince me that God approves of what you're doing or that I have to approve what you're doing, we're going to be great friends. And and so (laughs) so, you know, (laughs) there's a lot God doesn't approve of that, that we that. But he still accepts us. You know, he, he he is always going to accept us. But as we make this journey the, uh, and, and saying, okay, God's love. So if I'm really walking with God, I'm, I'm going to value God. I'm going to value people and value myself. Well, when you realize that everything that God ever said was, to, was so that you would know how to love God, love people, and love yourself, then you start realizing that these things that destroy me I, say I don't value myself. If I don't value myself, I really can't value or love other people. And if I can't love other people, then according to the Word of God, I'm really not loving God or experiencing the love of God. So, you know, you know, the, the example I always use, I hope I'm not getting too far off track here, but the example I always use is, you know, the person that's, you know, they're walking around praying and worshiping and being spiritual, man. They're in a heavenly holy of holies. And then one of their kids walk into the room, they scream out, get out! here can't you see i'm praying and and it's like oh wait a minute how is that a manifestation of somebody that's connected with god right it's not it's a manifestation of somebody that's connected with a process or a formula ah this is a new this is a whole new thought this whole i think that a light turned on me when i I felt like I should say that thing about going to see my mom and dad yeah, because huh? I, I didn't have the words for it, but then you gave me the words to say, you can't be connected to a specific process right. because as a human being, that would I think that'd be the easiest way. Just give me a process, a structure, right. a routine that will work every single time. Just give yeah. me that. And that means we're trying to not have a relationship. Right. We're just trying to have a good formula that we can trust instead of actually trusting God. Yeah. But the amazing thing is, if I just, if I see God 
the way Jesus presented him, I will effortlessly be transformed into that image. It'll just happen. I'll just become like him. That's what that's what uh, you know. First John two one says. That's what Matthew chapter five says. That's that's what various scriptures says. You know, I will just be transformed into the image. You know, uh, it's like even Second Corinthians. You know, right now we're looking through a glass darkly, but but you mm-hmm. know, when 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 the veil is taken away, then I'm transformed from glory to glory. I'm not trying to become different. It's just happening because I'm seeing God. Because and this is, is this is why I, meditation is so important. Oh, this is absolutely. why worship is so important because what this really does is it's seeing God. Like yep. what we what we want to make our goal, and I use that word carefully. I not carefully, but I use it just as there's no better word for it. But make it our thing right. is to see God, because if we truly see Him, then we'll become like Him. Exactly. Yeah, and again, the scripture says, "If we see Him as He truly is." Yeah. And uh, and that's the process. Yep. Yeah. And so you know, from from there, continuing this whole process, identity, self image, and self worth. Then, even though I'm looking to God now to see His value for me in in God, His value for me is not based on my performance. Even though my performance is incredibly important, you know, I think I was probably the first person back in the seventies and eighties that talked about the problem with behavior modification. And now people have just gone off the rails with that, acting like behavior modification isn't important. It is. If you're a jerk, you need to modify your behavior. If right. You're, if you're right. offending people and you and you want to be godly, then you got you need to modify your behavior because we should be expressing value to people. But we know that modifying our behavior has nothing to do with God's value for us. Mm-hmm. Where the Bible tells us that we discover God's love or God's value is what that word means. It says in the book of 1 John 4th chapter is when we look at, at the cross and specifically the fact that Jesus became our propitiation. In other words, he became the satisfying of wrath for our sins. So I look at the price that God paid for me to be free from sin. I look at the price that God paid for me to escape wrath and judgment. And, you know, the, 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 uh, the, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's not the word redeem, uh, uh, reconciliation. The word reconciliation, it, it has several different meanings. They all point to the same thing. But one of the meanings of the word to reconcile something is to pay for something with something else of equal value in other words if i if i think a car is worth fifty thousand dollars i pay fifty thousand dollars because i think that's what it's worth now that car may be worth fifty thousand dollars to that guy but if i think it's worth ten thousand i'm not going to pay more than i think it's worth right well we look at uh, jesus being the third person of the trinity being part of the godhead being the closest concept that we have to under understand how the godhead works is him being god's son you know having become flesh and that is the price that god paid for me and so since that price has been paid then god says i am of equal value to him as jesus yeah wow i've never never put that together oh that that is huge And, and and the thing is is that doesn't change since it's a finished work it's all done that doesn't change 
It's not based on my behavior. And see, when we're looking to other people, it's always about our behavior. You know, you know, we, we've taken on their image. We're trying to be like them. So therefore, we're trying to impress them with our behavior and be accepted by our behavior. So that means that our feeling of self-worth fluctuates up and down based on how consistently that other person expresses value for us. But with God, it never changes. It was once for all. This is the value I have for all mankind. And so suddenly we are at a place to where we can always feel valuable. We can always feel precious. We can always feel significant because that value never changes. Wow. So as we... Yeah, I think... I I think that this is good for today because mm -hmm. this is a really important... Um, concept that is going to have to sink in for yep. me and for our listeners. And, and what what I'd like to jump in, yeah, you know, right here uh, with with regards to you know discovering your source, and you know who or whatever you view as your source, you know where you choose to identify yourself with. I'd like to you know kind of just take a little twist on that, you know, with what you know Jim has just stated, and just recognize he chose me. You see that when I when you begin to see the intrinsic value that we have because he chose me and in him choosing me he's he's made every provision required that I might become like him. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that I would even begin to uh begin to express the truth of my value, of mm-hmm. my dignity and worth. And so uh, you're beginning to see how he has chosen me, mm-hmm. you know, for our listeners today, I want you to, I, I want you to know that you're chosen mm-hmm. and you are so very, very precious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, my take home from today, just talking to you, Jim has just because the, just the nature of all my past experiences have brought me to this moment is that I can tend to not see my source in another person, but in a system yeah. and in a structure, because I my mind wants to make a, um, a one, two, three list of how mm. to experience God, and it's just my nature to bring practicality to things, and and I'm thankful that I've learned enough about peace to know that my heart has been leading me away from structure and systems, but just back to yep. my heart of peace. And to that relationship. Yeah, yep. it's always yep. back to the relationship, and it'll be looked yep. different every day. How boring would it be if all of us had the same relationship every day? Oh, yeah, right? a- absolutely. Yeah. And just, you know, one of the things I, I kind of think of, just think of the people today that are church bashers. You know, they, they bash everything that that has to do with any tradition or, or whatsoever. And, and, you know, sometimes I would like to just kind of get those people by the cheeks like you like you did your little kids and say, oh, yeah. oh, you know, you squeeze it and you say, I want you to listen just for a minute. Because yeah. if the church was able to do all this to you, if the church was able to use you, if, you know, if somebody in the church was able to manipulate you, if somebody in the church was able to, you know, to do whatever this bad thing is, these bad things are, they could not have done that if you had not made them their source. Mm. And, and so, you know, we can't, we can't look at other people and say, you made me. Right. You, you made you messed me, me up. my source. Yeah. We, we have to realize, who, who did I give my power to? Uh, right. No matter whether they were right, no matter whether they were wrong, no matter what they tried. So, you know, one of the things that we have to do is we just have to say, okay, 
I need to really identify my source. There's a lot of ways to do that. Who who do I run to when I'm in trouble? Yeah. And, and this is our take home today. This is yeah. our apply to life. And even like you were saying, do I run to just a particular system or do I do I just run to God and 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 listen to my heart and and follow wherever he's taken me in my heart? Yeah. Another way to help identify your source is who is the person that that without their approval you hit the skids? Who is the person that if, mm, if that's if, a if, really good question? Yeah, who is the person that you're hypersensitive to as far as getting your feelings hurt? Now, always remember this: anybody can contribute to your your feelings. They can contribute to good feelings. They can contribute to bad feelings. But it's your source that you go to to resolve all that. And every person has got to decide: Is God my source? And if he's not, am I willing to make him my source? If I'm going to make him my source, then I've got to make him my source by accepting Jesus as Lord. He becomes the absolute bottom line, last first and last answer to everything. And I am willing to surrender my every thought, feeling, and opinion to him because he has a reality that I can experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just about intellectually getting an agreement. It's about agreeing and then experiencing the reality of of that truth. And once you get there, you know you, you're you're really ready then to start saying, okay, now let's talk about what it even means about my identity in Christ. And we haven't even got into self confidence, which is the fourth part of what I call the internal hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe maybe in our in our next broadcast we can get into, uh, you know, we can just get into the whole thing about okay. What is if Jesus is going to be my source of identity? What does that look like? So, if Jesus is my identity, what does that look like? Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jim. I just had a puzzle piece put together when you asked that last question. You said, "Who is that person that I'm hypersensitive to get my feelings hurt?" Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That turned on a little. As we said, raw onions. I got yep. a, a, a light turned on for me. This is personal, and, yep. and it's interesting because it wasn't a person; it was the masses. When the mm-hmm. when I don't feel like the masses are supporting me, you know what I'm saying? I put too much on that, but the masses are not my source. You nope. see, mm-hmm. God is my source. Yep, absolutely. Wow. Today, uh-huh. can we call it fun? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Just has, stop it, Doctor Jim no, Richards. It's been really Getting right good. to our heart. Really yeah, good. really looking forward All to right, next everyone, episode. I do encourage you, please share this with friends. You know, get on social media. Yeah. This I'm, it, I'm finding this extremely beneficial just for me personally, mm-hmm. and I know that you are as well. Mm-hmm. And go have that walk. You know, do whatever it might be, but just really find a way to connect to the source, yes. to the lordship of Jesus over your life. Begin today to recognize his smile over you. He celebrates, and you make him so very, very happy. And uh, there's so much more information that you can find at livetransformed.com. There are other resources there, uh, some other teaching series uh, by Dr. Jim. And today, uh, I believe that for you, it can be a brand new day. And and the Lord is bringing you to a place um, of having peace with your story. Mm-hmm. And this is an incredible journey of that. 
Thank you so much, um, Jim. And thank yep. you, listeners, for taking mm-hmm. this time to take this entire 45 minutes or however long it ended up to be to invest in your heart and invest in your life and invest in your relationships. Thank you for just being that person who's saying, you know what, I'm willing to be courageous and go there. I'm so thankful for you. I really am. And I'm praying for Jesus to really touch you, that something that was said will just put that light on for you. Turn this, flick the switch. There you go. <laughs> Good. All right, everyone, have a great day, and be sure, you know, uh, check out the itinerary, you know, for Dr. Richards and for Audrey and myself. We'd love to see you at a public event, Mm -hmm. and if you'd like to, uh, you know, inquire and see what it would take, uh, there's, you know, several events that we can do together, and uh, we'd love to be able to hear from you. And again, just have an awesome day.